Well, hello everybody. This is Gail M. Gilmore and welcome to another episode of Body, Soul, and Pocketbook. You know, I'm always sharing how God wants to intentionally bless us body, soul, and pocketbook. And as I'm recording this, we are getting ready to inaugurate a new president, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala, Kamala, let me get that name right. I know how to say that name. Kamala Harris. She says, Kamala with a law on it. And I am so excited. We are so excited because it just feels like we are going into a bright and an exciting chapter, a hopeful chapter in our nation. We know that 2020 has been a challenging year in so many different ways. And I, I just, I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited. And I know many people are excited about this new chapter that we're about to enter. You know, um, the last few weeks I've started talking about as we're going into this new year, uh, how we can be better in this year of 2021 uh, with our bodies with our soul and with our pocketbook. Today, I'm going to hit on the pocketbook today and our finances. But um, I have shared about a couple of weeks ago how we can better our bodies physically, you know, eating and moving and having joy and just moving forward. And then uh, last week, I talked about one of our most powerful weapons, which is prayer and being uh, more connected with our creator, you know, uh, President Biden, that has been his thing. He says we need to restore the soul of America, but we can only restore the soul if we restore our souls individually, individually. And so we're just excited about that. And then uh, today I want to talk about uh, how we can improve our finances, not just for a new year, but uh, even um, beyond. And I tell you, I have learned my most valuable lessons from none other than my mother, (laughs) from my mother. Uh, A lot of you know my story. Uh, I was adopted. My parents uh, were Annie Metley and Thomas Metley. They adopted me Uh, When they were in their 50s, they trained me up in the way that I should go, and I have not departed from it, and especially from the lessons that I have been taught. Now, I, I learned some very valuable lessons, especially from my mother. You know, uh, Miss Annie Metley, you know, she... Uh, had a limited uh, education. She stopped school at 14, got married, had three children, and by 19, she was a widow. Uh, and so she, she really poured in the importance of education for me. Um, you know, the education will help you uh, get ahead and, and, and to be financially better as well. Uh, she, but she always instilled uh, 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 faith in me because she said, Gail, get all the education that you, you need to get because you need it. 
Uh, but if you don't have Christ in your life, you're just an educated fool. I will never forget that because the Bible says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So that was instilled. But there was something else that was very, uh, I tell you, uh, very amazing as I was growing up. As I was growing up, my mom was a housewife pretty much. Um, my dad, he went out and worked. He worked hard. Um, and now if you had told me that we were poor, I would not have believed it because we never lacked for anything. I don't remember a time when any utilities were cut off or anything. Uh, I always had clothes, not just any clothes, but nice clothes and uh, I never remember lacking. But, you know, as I got older, I'm like, you know, even when it was time for me uh, to go to college, and she she never said that if you go to college, it was when you go to college. And I, um, <laughs> you know, as I was getting closer to the time that I was supposed to go to college, I didn't know how that was going to happen. Uh, because really we didn't have a formal savings plan, couldn't afford that type of savings then. But there was another type of savings, and I'm going to get into that a little later. Uh, but uh, there were just so many uh, lessons, and, and I was just amazed again. Uh, I wrote a story uh, about her uh, for the newspaper, and it won an award. It was called... Um, Chow Chow for Lil James. Chow Chow was a garnish that you put on uh, greens and vegetables. But the way the story went, I started talking about it and I used uh, the verse, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. But I told the story of my mom. Uh, one of the things that my mom had a gift, a passion that she loved was to cook. And uh, she cooked for everybody. And, and not only did she cook for everybody, she was paid, you know, uh, to cook. And I, I remember that uh, a little bit before she passed away, uh, she had to move because they were getting ready to build a school uh, where she lived. And um, uh, now get this, y'all. Um, I lived in the house that I grew up in, and up until those last, uh, I guess, two years before she had to move, she only had to pay $12 a week, $12 a week. That was $48 um, a month, and if it was a fifth Sunday, the landlord said, you know, just an extra $12, $60 a month, but she had to move, and at that time, uh, she found a, a little cute place that she could rent, and that was uh, 300 and some dollars. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's a jump from $45 to uh, 300 and some dollars. But she always had what she called her Bama, because I remember when she had to move, and I said, well, Mama, I'll help you out, because I just knew she didn't have that. Oh, no, she had it. She closed the door, went into what she called her little Bama, and, <laughs> and uh, had everything she needed the first month rent and the deposit. I'm like, how did this happen? And 
she would do so many things. I know uh, her cooking when I was in the band. Um, she gave the band director money to help buy uniforms. That was just amazing. Churches and everything. Even on my husband's job, she would cook dinners and stuff. She was an entrepreneur at heart. Now, this is what I'm getting into. Lessons that I learned from my mom. Now, I'm going to add uh, a, a lesson. Uh, she had three main ones, but I'm going to start with the one that I'm adding to hers. And that, and that is that you can produce. You can produce. And I'm really um, talking about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. You know, work is, yes, we have to work. Well, why not work for yourself? We need to work. You know, the Bible even says that a man that doesn't work shouldn't eat. And there's nothing wrong with being employed. But you know what? The first commandment in the Bible, I call it the first commandment because you might think I'm talking about the Ten Commandments of Moses. But I'm talking about the first commandment, which is even in the first chapter, the first book of the Bible. After God um, created um, man, he says in Genesis 1, 28, he says, and God blessed them and God said unto them, look here, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every little living thing that moveth upon the earth. Adam and Eve were the, were the first entrepreneurs because when they multiplied, first of all, they had children. And then they had dominion uh, over the earth uh, and over the fish of the sea. Now, that is important. You know, as I was listening and as I was even preparing for this episode, uh, one of my favorite ministers just came up with something. I said, oh, man, this is just confirmation. Talking about an entrepreneur. And uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, he was saying that, you know, he was writing a book uh, for entrepreneurs, but it came to his mind that being an entrepreneur is not just having a business with a location and an address or a vision, but it's really a mindset where you take responsibility, where you take ownership. You are the CEO over, get ready for this, over you. Did you hear me? Over you. And you, you, um, and you stop other people from controlling your worth, your destiny, your presence, your purpose, and your value. You know, so I, I, I really push that thing where you can be over your own business. And you know, the word tells us that your gift will make room for you uh, in front of other men, in front of men. Because, you know, when you think about it, I've been listening to, uh, even during the pandemic, more people have started businesses. Everybody didn't lease a building. They started something just where they were because there was a need. Like my mom would cook and and, and people, especially with technology, you can do things right online. 
and be your own entrepreneur. I know people that are doing it right now. You know, my son, his passion, his gift is music. He produces his own music. He writes jingles and gets paid. And my husband was even telling him, why not, don't be the middleman. You be the one to have people uh, write jingles and they, and they get paid. Uh, but he gets paid from that. And, and my daughter love her, her love, her passion for learning about uh, herbs that's, that's good for our bodies. She's made that into a business. What is your passion? You know, my passion is writing. And I made it into something that uh, could even be uh, financially good in writing books. Things that I'm doing right now, even this podcast, your passion, it can be done. So, you know, I'm really pushing uh, my husband really too as far as entrepreneurship. He's really got me thinking about a lot of things when it comes about having your own. If you're working so hard for somebody else, why not work as hard for yourself? So uh, produce, produce. Uh, That's the thing, produce. Uh, Be plentiful and multiply. Uh, You know, uh, we're getting into the next uh, one of the lessons uh, a a little later. You know, uh, it says that a wise man saves for his children, children, and he passes things down. You really can't pass down a job. You can't really pass down working at McDonald's or, or things like that, but you could pass down a legacy, just like the Walton family with Walmart or, or so forth. But, you know, it, it's, 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 it's just exciting when we think about uh, being the producers, owning our own businesses, you know. Uh, it, it's really exciting. So, you know, this is something. Produce, 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 just like my mom did. You know, um, I believe if she um, had, the, you know, the expertise and, and more information and resources, she probably would have had a five-star restaurant. That's what a good, you know, cook she was. I mean, she she was just awesome. Uh, but, um produce. And but now let me get into those uh three three main lessons that I learned from her. Uh after you produce, whether you work a job or whether you have your own business. These are three things that you have to do with your money. You have to spend some, you have to save some, and you have to give part to God. That's tithing. That's the three main lessons. Okay. So, we spend What's the main thing that you should spend it on? You should pay your bills first. You should pay your bills. The Bible tells you that render unto Caesar what is Caesar, unto God what is God. And you spend on the things that you need first, not the things that you want. People tend to spend on the things that they want. It's more like a lust than what uh, they need. Now, it's, it's, it's no problem uh, splurging on some things that you like from time to time, but it's a matter of putting things in priority. And when we talk about uh, finances, one of the most important things that you need to have is a budget. 
the budget is going to show you uh, what you spend, how you save, and how you invest. And so uh, the budget is important. I know a lot of people say, well, I know everything I got into my head. I know what I pay, and I know. But it's really good, even if it's just on a piece of notebook paper or ledger paper, you need to uh, make sure you know your budget. What is what is your assets, your liabilities, uh, things like that, so you can get a picture. You know, the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. A budget, a budget. It, it, it just shows you the whole picture. Uh, I, I'm a visual person, and I like to see it on paper. And so you can see uh, what's going out, what's coming in, what you're investing, what you're saving. Uh, it can help you set your goals. What, where do I want to be in uh, next year? Where do I want to be in three years? Where do I want to be in five years financially? That's, that's the beauty of a budget. But spending, she always said, I remember, I remember she applied these rules when I got my first summer job. You know, I was excited, teenager. And uh, at the time, I didn't know I was going to get the grant to go to college. But so we're planning in advance, you know, she says, spend some, uh, you know, on yourself, Uh, you know, save because you got to save for the rainy day and want to put something aside. Uh, for, for, for school, you know, start doing that. And of course, give part to God. So I learned that when I got my first job, that was a lesson uh, that I got uh, from her, even from the very beginning, but uh, uh, being careful in uh, spending. And then the next thing she said, save some, save some. It's always good uh, to put something aside. Uh, she always say you got to put some things aside for the rainy day. And we're not even just talking about uh, saving for a future endeavor, uh, like a home or a car or, or a house, but even saving for literally a rainy day. We heard, we know what happened uh, when this pandemic hit and how it hit financially. You know, so many people were just living from paycheck to paycheck. And when that paycheck stopped, everything stopped. You know, uh, years ago, I used to contribute to a uh, newsletter. My good friend uh, in Florida, Victorious Life uh, Ministries with um, Pastor Faye Datsy, and I contributed. And I know when I first started contributing, I used to say, and I, I kept up. Uh, with resources uh, that you uh, put aside three months emergency money in case something come up or even if something come up like emergency like a repair or a car repair or something medically comes up that kind of could wipe you out you know uh, especially if you didn't have the insurance coverage Uh, then we saw with this pandemic and you know the employment so Getting back, I would say, you know, first, when I started giving advice, uh, I would say three months. Then I, I increased it to uh, six months, and then I increased it to a year, you know. Uh, you have to save, like my mom say, for that rainy day, because anything can happen 
any any time and just wipe everything out as we have um, recently seen. So we we need to save. We need to save. And then uh, the last thing, uh, give God his part, namely in tithing. To me, tithing is the best investment that I have ever made. And speaking of investments, uh, when we talk about investments, uh, especially if you are employed, I highly recommend if your company has a 401k plan or a program that you can put money aside, you know, just put it aside, forget about it. Uh, you can uh, put it into a portfolio uh, to, to, to uh, increase uh, its value. Uh, or, you know, I, I used to do things, you know, just keep it uh, one thing uh, until I learned more about investing in stocks and things like that. Because the first place that I worked, uh, they matched my contribution. Uh, but when I got into education, I, I turned that money over. But the educa- getting an education, they did not match uh, the funds. So uh, it was just my money that I was putting in. But it grew. It grew. And I, I'm so glad uh, that I did that because if I was, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have been able to retire at the age uh, that I retired, and so at an earlier age than usual. So I, I am grateful. So uh, especially young people, I I, I really uh, urge you uh, to do those things that are available to you, especially um, through your employment. If you have those uh, types of plans, you know, our uh, ancestors, they, they didn't have those types of tools. Sometimes, especially as a black uh, people, you know, even sometimes when you put it in the bank, the people stole from you. That's why they put money in their mattresses and in the floor and the wall and shoe boxes and jars and so but we said save you just need to save you can't you shouldn't spend your last dime on anything my mama said don't don't don't, never spend your last dollar on anything (laughs) and I uh, learned and even when going back to spending something that I learned from my husband everything is negotiable you know sometimes when you go buy a car uh, they make you think you got to pay this and you got to have these warranties and you got to do this no everything is negotiable you see a price hey let's talk it down everything is negotiable I'm giving you so many little tips and I it's just so many things but they're under these um, three major lessons that my mom uh, taught me. And again, I, I mentioned some of these things in my book, uh, How Would Jesus Invest? Breaking the Poor Man's Mentality. Uh, it's available on Amazon or any place that you order books. You know, my book won the Christian uh, uh, Choice Book Award back in 2011 uh, under the category of finances. And so, and in that book were some of those lessons uh, that my mom uh, taught me in there. And then uh, 
getting back to the third lesson that you always give something to God, namely the tithe, namely the tithe. I know people just don't believe in giving tithe. Oh, that's an Old Testament thing. Oh, that's the only way uh, this church is trying to get money. Oh, no. You know, the world, uh, in a way, took that system, you know, with the 10%, you know, as far as taxes. And what is taxes used for? Taxes are used to pay for the services that we need uh, in our day and time, our schools, our, our uh, you know, police department, fire departments, important services that we need. And, you know, when you think about the tide, when the church asks for the tide, he says, bring your tithes to the storehouse uh, uh, so there will be meat in my storehouse. And, you know, I... I've thought about it so many times that a lot of times uh, when people get in financial uh, situations, uh, one of the places they go to is to uh, the church. And and that the church is usually the place that people don't want uh, to give. How are we going to take care of the things that we need to take care of? Uh, when you have a house, it is a business as well. It is our father's business. We have to keep the lights on. We have to pay the mortgage. Uh, we have to do many different things, uh, just like a business. Even if we have people that do certain services in the church, the uh, the custodian, the the musicians, uh, different things that we have to do. Uh, where do we think that money may be coming from? And the beauty of the tide, not only that, is that God has said, you know, just test me. Just um, test me and see if I will not multiply it, if I will not pour you out a blessing that you will not even have room enough to receive. I tell you, it works. <laughs> it works. I am a witness because I have to go back to when I was supposed to go. Well, not supposed to. I went to college, but at the time before, I didn't know how that was going to happen. And I truly believe uh, when I tied, God just opened the windows that he just provided a grant. A grant is uh, something you don't have to pay back. I never had to have a student loan. Now, I had a responsibility. I had to maintain my grades in order to continue to have that grant pay for my whole four-year college education. But I, I, I you know, I told God, you know, if you just bless me, you know, I, I have so many stories. I, I remember when me and my husband uh, first got married and we could not fully tithe at first, but we made a promise with the little bit that we had. If we started tithing, we're going to bless more and more. and We're going to do the things we need to do because it goes along with the uh the rule of sowing and reaping, and God does not lie. You will always reap more than you sow, and that goes—that's an agricultural um, term. Because think about it: if you uh, plant uh, a few kernels of corn or a few corn seeds, you're not just going to get those corn seeds. You're going to get hundreds 
uh, thousands of times what you get. You're going to get ears of corn and rows of corn because you plant it. And I tell you, I've always said it, that tithing is, is, is the best investment program that you can get in. Why? Because the person that is going to give you the return, guess what? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Okay, I'm going to leave that right there where it is. But remember the lessons that my mom taught me, and I had one at the beginning, produce produce whether you are working or you're employed or you can start your own business uh, uh, around your passions your gifts uh, all of those things and then uh, she said you know you spend a little you save a little and you give God his part all right I'm still excited. We're getting ready to have new leadership in this country. And I I believe that uh, in all of those areas, uh, God is just going to bless us, bless us tremendously, especially in the area of our pocketbook, our finances. So until next time, it's been Body, Soul, and Pocketbook. Oh, please share if you have uh, got any information, any enlightenment, anything that uh, will help. And I even um, open it up if there's something along these lines, body, soul, and pocketbook, that you would like more information about. Uh, Please let me know, like it, uh, comments, anything like that. And again, my book is available on Amazon.com. How Would Jesus Invest? Breaking the Poor Man's Mentality. It is a mindset. When you think prosperity, it turns over into prosperity. You know, uh, faith without works is dead. We can put it in action what we think. Is, is what it can become. All right, all right, all right, all right. I could talk on and on about this, but until next time, thank you for listening to Body, Soul, and Pocketbook. If you want to be blessed in all areas of your life, you got to know Body, soul, and pocketbook I want to bless you Body, soul, and